exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to Impact Exposure. Exposure is 88.9 The Impact's one-hour forum discussing relevant issues affecting the MSU community. And now, tonight's Exposure. Tonight we've got a great lineup of guests. Um, we've got uh, Katie Badler here um, to talk about Alpha Phi Omega and their upcoming event- events. We've also got Joe and JJ uh, waiting in the studio to talk about uh, Broad School uh, food fight that's coming up on November 6th. Right now, however, we've got Lisa here to talk a little bit about the MSU Peace Corps recruiting office, um, as well as Peace Corps events and uh, the application process that's coming up. So if you have any questions for Lisa, feel free to give us a call at 432-3893. So Lisa, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing quite good. Getting a little chilly out there, but... I know! I'm a pedestrian, so I was freezing because I'm wearing a skirt today. It's not, not, not a good thing. Not a good thing. choice for the evening. I know, I know. But I was like, yesterday just fooled everybody because it's like, aha, it's warm out. And no, it, mm-hmm. it, it's Michigan, you know, give it five minutes and it'll change. Mm-hmm. By the time we get back outside, I could it could be tropical weather out. Exactly. You never know. Crossing my fingers <laughs> for that. All right. So um, for people who haven't heard of Peace Corps at all, what is the organization? Well, we're basically an international service organization. Um, we send trained men and women, many of them just out of college, overseas for two years to do volunteer work. Um, and we work in a number of different areas. We work in the areas of agriculture and environmental awareness. We do health programs, business programs. We have teaching programs in science, English, and math. Um, we work with youth development and construction and skilled trades. Basically any job you can imagine, any undergraduate degree that you're getting can fit nicely into a Peace Corps position. All right. Now do you have to know a language, uh, well besides English, um, before you do Peace Corps? No, there really isn't any requirement. Um, Students who have already studied Spanish or French, um, that's a great thing for us because we have parts of the world where we want people to already speak Spanish or French, but we don't um, look for you to have any other language skills. We actually teach you the language of the area you're going to go to. We have three months of training, and during that time you you live with a host family in your country, and um, you take language courses about four hours a day, and it's amazing language training. Um, I served in Poland and I spoke maybe one word of Polish when I uh, got off the plane and after three months I I could go to stores and order food and sit in restaurants and I could get by just fine after about three months of training. Now you mentioned three months of training. How long are you actually in the country? You're actually in the country for 27 full months. You go over, you train in the country. Um, everyone stays in one town and they live with the host family usually. And then they go to school Monday through Friday, nine to five. And then at the end of that three months, they spread out over the country. Everyone goes to a different, a different village or community where they work with an organization. So you're actually there for just over two years, including right. training. Now, um, what's the likelihood of bumping into other Peace Corps volunteers? Quite likely, actually. Peace Corps volunteers love to travel, and so they travel around their country all the time. And you have a really good network of Peace Corps volunteers within your country. Um, so you you want to go to the big city and, and spend a weekend. You would contact the volunteer in that town and go and stay with them. Um, in a lot of countries, the capital city has a Peace Corps headquarters, and they also have a, a home there where Peace Corps volunteers can go and spend the weekend and get away. So you'll often bump into volunteers in lots of other places. And there might be another volunteer in your town. There could be one in the village next door, which might be across the river. So you might see them you know, once a week or once every couple of weeks. Um, you will see them. In some countries, it'll be a little bit harder for you to travel around, so you might not see them as often, but they're out there, and um, Peace Corps volunteers get together a lot because you, you, need, you need time to share your experiences and kind of be in a, with other people who know what you're going through in terms of culture shock and frustrations in a new country. What was uh, your experience like in Poland? I had, I had a great experience, tough at times, but I was an English teacher in a, in a technical high school, and there's nothing like a class of 40 high school students to really bring you to your knees at days, but there's also nothing like, like a high school students to um, have a lot of fun with and get to know the community. But I was in a small farming community in a little town in, um, in south uh, western Poland, and 
Um, I worked on a lot of different projects, but the best part about Peace Corps was getting to know the other students and the other people in my community and just um, lots of late evenings uh, around dinner tables with families, with banquets of food that they'd you know, grown in their gardens and um, lots of days in the classroom trying to teach the difference between the use of A and the, which was always frustrating. Um, and just uh, things that you would never expect. Like uh, my students telling me that in my town we had a, a Japanese um, sumo wrestling dojo and them taking me through the woods one Saturday morning to a dojo and to a, a sumo wrestling contest in, East, in Eastern Europe, which I never expected to see. Um, it was an amazing experience. I really enjoyed it. But um, there were definitely days when my students brought me to my knees, that's for sure, when I realized that you know, I could not compete with an 18-year-old that did not want to learn English. So, um, like, I guess, like, you know, taking in some of your students, what would you say, like, uh, is the most challenging adjustment um, that you had to make when you went to Poland? Me, personally, I think it's a lot of, there's a lot of time when you're by yourself um, in the Peace Corps. And if there's any books you've ever wanted to read, you'll certainly have time to read them. Anything you've ever wanted to take up, like playing the guitar, cooking, you'll have time to do it. Um, so there's a lot of time when you're by yourself, and um, it can be most challenging when you get to your community to kind of reach out and make friends, because um, you're, well, a lot of people want to get to know you, you can sometimes be a novelty, um, and over over time you do make friends, though, and you, you know, have great camping trips with them on the weekends, and you get to know the culture, but there are, there's a lot of downtime, a lot of time when you're, you have time to think, and, uh, think about what it was it you did before you had work and school to fill all of your time. What are your hobbies? What do you enjoy? Right. Now, um, do you keep in touch with the, the friends that you made back in Poland? Well, I've been out of the Peace Corps since 2000. Um, so I have, I kept in touch right when I came back, I was in touch with a lot of them um, on a daily basis because they were really sometimes my family and through email mostly. But now I've lost touch with a number of them because a number of my students have gone out, off to college, which is a great thing. Um, and uh, they've moved, and I don't know how to get in touch with them anymore. But I, there are a few, a number of teachers at my school that I still keep in touch with. Um, and I've actually, I've been back to Poland a couple of times and visited them. And it's a really strange experience going back. Um, it's a, In some ways it's exactly like you left it, and in others it's completely different. And um, they... When I went back, uh, I went back for a weekend and uh, about four years after I'd left. And I called when I got to Poland and said, I'm in the country, I want to come visit. And they were like, come next weekend. And it was three days of nonstop partying. Just from one person's house, they were fighting over where I would stay every night. It was a, it was a lot of fun. I had no idea that um, people would you know, remember me so fondly. Um, and it really brought tears to my eyes. It was a, really a wonderful experience to, to see that. Um, so what do you think is like the most important or beneficial um, thing that Peace Corps members get out of their experience? I think it's a, a different way to view the world and to view the U.S. Um, I think that's a really important thing to come back to the U.S. and talk to other Americans about where you were and, view, and your views on the world, and then also to kind of look at your country through the lens of other people is a re such a valuable experience. Um, it can be really difficult at times. Um, I was over there when we were um, bombing Kosovo and also during the Monica Lewinsky scandal, and you do feel like you have to uh, you know, answer for everything <laughs> that your country is doing, um, whether you agree with it or not. So, but I think that that view on the world is really the most valuable thing. And just interacting with other people and letting other people see that you you don't look like someone from, um, you know, 90210 or you're not someone from CNN or you're not the military figures that they see on television. You're just like them. And you make mistakes and, you know, you miss your parents and you cry and, and um, you can share you know, the same things that they do and really making us all human. Right. Speaking of parents, how often would you, well, did you get an opportunity to, to visit your family? 
Um, I did, actually. Um, I wanted my family to come <laughs> over and visit me during the time, but it turned out that it was a lot cheaper for them to fly me home than for them to fly the whole family to Poland. So I went, I went home um, for two weeks, the uh, summer between my two years, and that was a really traumatic experience for me. Um, I was walking around the U.S. complaining about the large food sizes and, um, you know, just feeling like a fish out of water and um, so then I got back to Poland and I was so happy. I'm like, I understand it here. I was just happy to be back. It was really tough coming back to the States. My dad came to Poland for a weekend and visited. Um, and I had a very good friend who come and lived, stayed with me for a month. Um, and that was a really amazing experience, um, to have a friend of mine there and teach her some of the language and how to shop in the market. And, um, I really enjoyed sharing that with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I certainly, I encourage um, all, all of the nominees who are getting ready to go over to Peace Corps to, to get their family to come. As it's a really great um, turn of tables when your parents can't speak the language and don't know the culture and completely are like children relying on you. Um, it, was a, it was really neat to have my dad completely kind of helpless in a country where he couldn't read the signs or anything. Yeah. So um, how many Peace Corps members are there currently like active in the world? Oh gosh, what are those numbers? Um, it's got to be near 8,000 every year. Um, and it, I know that from Michigan State University, we have usually every year about 85, 80, 85 students in the field every year just from Michigan State University. Um, and it, this university is, is really a major contributor to the Peace Corps. Um, we're every year we're in the top ten of schools that send volunteers, and um, we're one of five schools that sent more than two thousand volunteers in the history of Peace Corps. So it's a really elite group that we're part of. Um, yeah. Um, so what I guess is the region of the world that is um, most populated most, with Peace Corps most members? Most popular would actually be Africa. Um, I believe it's something like 35% of volunteers end up going to Africa. And really that's because it's, you know, mo- we have more countries there where we go than anywhere else. But I think the country that's, mo- the area of the world that's most requested is actually Latin America. Um, l- so many students are coming into the office, they speak Spanish, they've taken Spanish and they want to go to Latin America. That's probably the most requested, but our largest region in terms of numbers is Africa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned requested. So do students get to pick where they can go? Uh, that's probably the the first question we get asked in the office. Um, the way that it works is we do ask students where they want to go and why they want to go there. Um, but I think the more important question is where you don't want to go and why you don't want to go there because we're certainly not going to send you there. Um, and But we work with students to look at the skills that they have and um, look at when they can actually leave and what programs are open. And then if there's a program open that they fit into within the region of the world they've preferenced, that's certainly where we're going to put them. But oftentimes there's not, and it's a kind of a negotiation with, with the student. If, there's a, if they can um, wait and leave a couple months later or leave a month earlier, then there might be a position in that area. If they can't, then there are other areas that are open. We're really looking to make the best technical fit. Um, that's what we're matching up is their technical skills with a request we've gotten. Um, but we certainly um, try to keep them within a region that they that they prefer. Makes for a happier volunteer and a better situation <laughs> all around. And so how do students apply? Um, well, the application process is kind of lengthy. Um, the best place to apply is at the government website, um, which is peacecorps.gov. There's an online application system, which is really preferred. But if there's a lot of students out there, a lot of people who really like paper applications, and if they, they want that, they can come by our office. Um, we're, we actually have an office on campus. We're in the International Center in Room 4, and we're happy to give out paper applications. Um, but they should leave a lot of time. It takes about nine months to from the moment you turn in your application to the day you step on an airplane. Um, to get through the Peace Corps application process. I wouldn't say it's difficult, it's just long. Why does it take so long? Um, Well, it it has to go through a lot of hands. Um, The first hands it goes through would be ours here at Michigan State. We um, go over the files and um, we interview candidates here. And then the file has to go up to Chicago to our regional office. And Chicago is um, who actually nominates um, people into different positions. And from there, the file has to go to Washington and um, into the medical office. And this is where it kind of gets slowed down. It can take three or four months to get medical and dental clearance. 
Um, from there, after that medical and dental clearance, it actually goes back to Washington placement and you get an actual country assignment. Um, and then we want to leave you some time before you leave to, you know, sell your belongings and say goodbye to your friends and maybe travel and see relatives. So uh, we often, um, it's, it's at least six weeks after your, your medical clearance that um, before you'll, you'll leave for the Peace Corps. But more often it's usually a month or two, it's a couple of months before you actually get on a plane. Now, um, who is eligible to apply for Peace Corps? Well, um, what we're, we're really looking for are people who have some leadership skills, people who've done volunteer work in the past and understand what volunteer work is. Um, we really preference people with bachelor's degrees, though we certainly take applicants with associate's degrees and, and also applicants who don't have any degree. Uh, we really look at the amount of work experience those applicants have had. Um, but as long as you are healthy and have, uh, you know, experience doing something that we do and um, are flexible and willing to learn new things and learn about a new culture, that's really what we look for in an applicant. All right. Now, do you guys have any events coming up? We do, actually. Um, our Chicago recruiter is in town at the end of this week. She comes once a, once a semester, and when she comes, she puts on an informational meeting at the union. Um, this semester it's going to be Thursday, the 2nd of November at 6 p.m. in the Ohio State Room in the Union. Um, she'll also be in the Union lobby all day on Thursday um, at a table there for people to stop by and ask questions. And um, we'll also have a table tomorrow in the International Center um, all morning for anyone who wants to stop by and, and has questions about Peace Corps, wants to pick up some information. All right. So um, I guess, like, why is the Chicago recruiter coming into Michigan State? Well, she um, she is actually the person who does nominations for us. We all answer. We answer to her in the, in in Michigan, and she comes down, touches base with us, uh, meets with people on campus, um, and uh, just kind of makes sure that everything's running smoothly, and likes to meet with applicants one on one a bit too. Gets her out of the office, and we love to have her come down. So she uh, she served in Paraguay as a beekeeper. So she has some really fabulous stories. <laughs> um, so I guess like what are some of the I mean most unique jobs that you've heard of? Um, I think probably a beekeeper is the most unique <laughs> job I've heard of. Although I had a friend in Poland who was a goat herder. Um, it wasn't what she was supposed to be doing. It's what she ended up doing. Um, and I had another friend who um, actually worked on it with bats in in Poland too. But it just really runs the gamut. Um, people do everything from working in fisheries to, um, I know people who have, who started out working in orphanages um, in parts of the Caribbean. They were on island communities and ended up finding out that in their, on their island community, drowning was the number one cause of death amongst children because nobody knew how to swim and ended up as a inst swimming instructor. Um, they found a need and they filled it and taught other people, other adults, how to swim and how to teach swimming. And after they left, um, drowning deaths decreased significantly on their island because people were being taught how to swim. Um, it, it, anything that you have a skill in that you find a need for in your community really becomes something you can do. And things you don't have skills in, people ask you to do them. Um, the mayor's office came to me and asked me to help with a, a tax readjustment scheme in our community. I have no skill in tax readjustment schemes, but they needed someone to look around at other communities and find out ways to stimulate business growth, and that's what I did. I just kind of learned on the fly as one of my secondary positions. So, um, so um, I guess like, why do you think that they? Well, why did you? Why do you think that they came to why you? Why did they come to me? Yeah, um, I was cheap. They didn't have to pay me. <laughs> okay. Um, I was cheap, and um, I was willing to help. I had time. I think that was the number one thing. The the uh, assistant mayor was also a German teacher at my high school. Most people work two or three jobs, and so I'd gotten to know him there, and um, I think we, we enjoyed working together. And he was kind of the primary on that job, so. He said, look, I, I need somebody to go around to these other communities and collect information and figure out some best practices, and uh, will you do it? And I said, sure. Um, someone has to drive me because I can't drive a car in this country, but um, it just sort of happened. A lot of things like that just sort of happened um, in Peace Corps where people asked me to do things, and I couldn't think of any reason not to. And uh, learn by the, you know, fly by the seat of your pants sometimes and figure things out. 
So um, what are like some of the more common questions that you guys hear at um, informational meetings? Well, the number one question is, um, can I choose where I go? Mm -hmm. um, and I would say we always get questions about healthcare, um, which I have to tell you is the best healthcare I've ever had in my life. And um, I'm not a spring chicken by any means. Um, we always get questions about safety and security. Uh, I guess more so now with the situations around the world and the news being so filled with, um, with uh, you know the violence that we see. And Peace Corps security is very good. Um, number of levels that we go through. I won't go into detail on it. And if people have worries and, and concerns about security, please come and, and talk to us about it. Um, we always get questions about how much can I bring. Um, how much luggage can I bring on, on the plane? What should I bring? Um, you know, we tell people, you know, always bring Ziploc bags. Ziploc bags are your friend everywhere in the world. You never know what you'll need a Ziploc bag for. And, and somewhat difficult to find in the rest of the world. Um, and uh, I guess we always get questions about um, what are the living what's the living conditions like? Will I really be able to speak the language after a couple of years? Um, you know, concerns of those nature. Mm -hmm. yeah. Which they can have answered at the uh, general information meeting. Yes, they can. So, excellent. Well, um, I want to thank you so much, Lisa, for coming on the air tonight. Thank you for having me. Um, quick, well, quick, mm -hmm. one last question. Okay. Um, what's a number that people can reach, um, like the Peace Corps office or other Peace Corps people on, on campus? You can reach us here on campus at 432-7474. And we're in uh, room four of the International Center. We're there on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. So stop on by. All right, excellent. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we do appreciate it. Uh, coming up next on the exposure, we've got Joe and JJ here to talk about the Broad School food fight that's happening uh, in a couple weeks here. So uh, I guess stick around for more exposure on your Impact 88.9 FM. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Prime where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Sunday nights, check out Sit or Spin from 8 to 10 p.m., where you can voice your opinion on what new music we play here on the Impact. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. And we're back here with your exposure here on the Impact 88.9 FM. I'm Melissa bringing you uh, four lovely guests from, um, oh, it looks like the Broad School Food Fight. Yes. Excellent. MBA program. Excellent. Um, so if you guys have any questions about this particular food fight, feel free to give us a call at 432-3893. Um, so I think I've already met JJ and Joe. Um, but if you guys want to do a little round of introductions, that'd be great. Sure. My name's Andrew Abusi. I'm a second-year MBA student. I'm J.J. Vandenbush. I'm a first-year MBA student. And I'm John Hill. I'm a first-year MBA student. I'm Joe Zinda, and I'm a first-year MBA student. Ooh, so a lot of MBA students here? Well, it's, yeah. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> goes along with the whole Broad School. Um, speaking of, um, for people who aren't aware of like what the Broad School is on campus, does somebody want to give a little rundown of what it is? Okay, sure. Um, the, Broad, the Eli Broad School is Michigan State's business school and school of management. Um, it, it has programs ranging from undergrad up to the graduate school level, and we come from the graduate school level. So each of us has already completed our you know, four years of college. Each of us has our degrees, and some of, a lot of us have done some professional work experience in the meantime. But we're all here to get our master's in business administration, or MBAs. Now, question. Um, what is a food fight have to do with uh, master's in business administration? 
It's actually a competition between the top 25 MBA programs across the nation. It's actually put on by our uh, friends in Ann Arbor, U of M. But we <laughs> we have Ouch. we've won this competition for the past five years, and it's really important to us because it serves the like, Greater Lansing community. Um, it's a food drive. We collect um, monetary and food to help the Lansing area. Um, so how much did you guys collect last year to win? Um, last year we raised over 268,000 pounds of food, just combined food donations and monetary donations. And this is during a week's time. So, I mean, we have a limited... One week. Win yeah, window. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, that's a lot of food. Um, that's right. Who does this go to? Um, this goes to the Second Harvest Food Bank, which is a part division of the American Red Cross. Okay. Um, and I guess, you know, how did you guys manage to move uh, 268,000 pounds of food? Um, well, a lot of it is cash equivalent. <laughs> so part of it is your money donations, and then some of it is food. And we also get corporate donators, and they they ship it over on their own. <laughs> so okay, we don't excellent. have to worry about it. Makes the, the load a little bit lighter for mm -hmm. you guys. So, um, oh yeah, because like a, a check is kind of... A little bit lighter, lighter than yeah. a couple cans of food. Um, so I guess, like, who who came out and donated for um, for food last year? Um, last year we collected um, in neighborhoods, so the Lansing mm. neighborhoods, we went out and collected with them. We also stopped a lot of the different grocery stores in the area and set up stands there and collected from just the patrons walking in and out. Um, we also collect at the MBA school, so... Uh, the business college, we set up vending so people are actually able to purchase things for their donation. Um, we do various other things, too. I know this year we have an event, um, Panera sponsoring us on Monday night, which is November 6th, um, from 4 to 8. And so 20% of their um, food collection, any purchase made, are going towards the food fight. Um, and we have some other ones going on throughout the week, too. So that's that's really how we do collect all of our donations. All right, and um, which Panera? Uh, the one in Frandor. Okay, and what day was that? That's November 6th. Excellent. Um, so I guess, like, how did you guys get involved with this food fight? It's all about uh, the competition, trying to uh, be number one uh, among the other MBA programs. So, I mean, it, it's just a little motivation to go out there and try to be, um, to represent uh, Michigan State as one of the top programs, not only academically, but in the community as well. Um, do you guys know how this got started? We have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's the 11th annual food fight. <laughs> I have no idea. No, I'm just curious because, like, it, it's interesting that um, the business school took this on. Um, mm. Why do you think that uh, Broad takes such, like, an active role in this? Um, I know from, like, a... a broad perspective that it's really important to us to be, have a sense of community and you know we want to have a good balance between mm -hmm. career academics as well as community community involvement so that's really kind of where we take our stand and you know put forth all this effort and that's why it's important to us is to have that sense of balance and plus it's giving to the area you know the Lansing area that we're a part of and adding value to that so um another question about uh do you guys have a goal this year um, compared to, like, how much you guys collected last year? Um, yeah, this year our goal is, let's see, a little over 295,000 pounds of food, which is about, like, a 10% growth from last year. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess, have you heard word from your competition, like, what their plans are doing and how you will foil them at U of M? I'm, I'm not naming any particular school, but... Oh, sure. Um, we really don't keep in that great of contact with mm -hmm. them. Um, but we know we have some a couple different schools on our heels, which was like UNC, was University of North Carolina, and there was a couple others that were really kind of up there on the results last year, so it gives us a greater sense of competition for this year. Right. So um, who are the judges for this event? Like, how, how do you guys determine who wins? Well, Second Harvest is actually because they have non-bias. Mm -hmm. They're able to count all of the food in pounds as well as in the cash that we were able to collect. So they do all of the results for us. So it's um, we don't have any take in that. No <laughs> telling. No them. recount issues. Yes. <laughs> They're very fair. No cheating like that. So um, what do you guys get out of doing this event? 
think part of the thing is just for way, like as it's been said before, just a way for everybody in the MBA community to come together, just to be able to us for us to be able to interact with our fellow students in ways that we might not normally be able to do, and just it's in a different capacity because like we're out there working together, or collecting these donations, or putting together these publicity drives. So it's just a different way for everybody to come together, work together, and just bond that way. Okay, and what have you individually been doing、um, on this project? Okay. Well, I've been the radio station media coordinator, so I've been talking to some of your staff here at Impact at eighty nine and just coordinating, all, getting all the stuff together. I've been talking to some of the other radio stations in the land, in the just the Metro Lansing community as well. So,、mm-hmm. and I've been working with the、uh, print media, the different newspapers around the area, trying to get stories printed about the competition and our efforts, and then other involvement, like actually collecting foods during that. Week, I'll be part of that as well.、Mm-hmm. I've been、uh, working on the sports and entertainment side of things. We have a few events:、um, Michigan State hockey game next Tuesday. We'll be collecting、uh, collecting donations during、uh, the hockey game versus Ferris State. We also have、um, a during the football game on the 11th against Minnesota. We'll be collecting during the tailgate.、Um, we also set up. Well, it wasn't us that set this up. It was another group that's not represented here, but.、Uh, They set up a、uh, event at Club One Thirty One down downstairs at Harper's for a, sort of like a social event for us. But they're donating a portion of their cover from nine to eleven next Friday, and then、uh, we, I also set up.、Uh, we're having a Mario Kart tournament on Nintendo Sixty Four, where、uh, <laughs> where everyone in our program sort of gets to sign up and and race to be Mario Kart championship. But there's an entry、uh, an entry fee, and、uh, all donations, all entries go to the food fight. So. It's a little competition, a little fun way to get everyone involved and make a donation. JJ is very modest. He's also co-leading this event.、Um, how we have it set up is, but there's a bunch of different committees, and then JJ and I kind of facilitate that. But really, it's the committees, committees like, you know, John and Joe that really kind of take control of the media area, and we have some for corporate donations, community collections, and、um, since there's no one here for the community collections, especially since we're on a radio station that's viewed by the Lansing community. Um, it's important to say that we're going to be collecting、um, at different grocery stores in the area on Saturday and Sunday, which would be the 11th and the 12th.、Um, that's a really good way for the community to get involved, as well as I mean, we have a website that they could learn more information if they're interested in participating or, or donating in any way,、um, and that's www.foodfight.com. MSU Food Fight. MSU Food Fight. Pardon me. <laughs> so,、um, do you guys know which、uh, grocery stores that you'll be collecting at?、Um, that's right.、Uh, we got a whole bunch of places we're going to.、Um, let's see. We're going to the Falpash on Grand River in Williamston, and we're also going to the one on Eight Ten West Bellevue in Leslie.、Um, Kroger's. We're going to、um, one in. We're going to three different ones in Lansing. Ones on Frandor, West Holmes, and. Let's see, Saginaw. We're going to the one on Marsh Road in Okemos. We're going to the one on Cedar Street in Delhi Township, and we'll also be on the one. We're also going to um the Walmart on North Marketplace. That's the mall, right? In Lansing, I think so. Well, anyways, we're going to the Walmart on Marketplace Boulevard in Lansing. So those are all our grocery collections. Okay. Lots and, of different places. Um, and like throughout the week, where can people turn in donations for um the food that they might be collecting? Let's. Epley Center. We're in one ten Epley Center, and there'll be、um, boxes for collections. All right. And going back to well, the Mario Kart tournament, as well as a couple of the other events.、Um, can anybody join? Like, get in on that Mario Kart tournament?、Um, right now, it's、uh, it's limited to、uh, the MBA class. But if anybody wants to get in on it, it's next Wednesday, and、uh, they can email me. But Vanden sixty seven at msu dot edu. I'd be more than、uh, welcome to、uh, have you participate. Just let me know. I'll send you the information. You can get in on the action, and、uh, all the donations go straight to the food fight. So、mm-hmm. now、um, you guys mentioned that you can only work on this between like that week,、mm-hmm. the the sixth、mm-hmm. through the twelfth. But have you already started to talk to businesses about donations? We're allowed to kind of put the word out there. As much as we want, but we can't collect a single dollar, a single can of food until the sixth. All right, but have you have you heard anything back from like I guess reaching that two hundred ninety five thousand pounds of food goal? Like, where do you guys think you're at like right now as far as preparation goes? Oh, 
Uh, we're doing really well. I know on a corporate standpoint, we have General Mills committed to us. Um, I know JJ's been working on Kellogg. Myers always uh, donates for the food fight. Um, and then Panera, this is how we had Panera, their corporate donations, and, and facilitating that through, like, the Frandor location so we can all be involved in, in their donation. Right. Now, um, besides, like, the well, the Panera-sponsored um, event on November 6th, do you guys have other sponsored events throughout that week? Mm-hmm. Um, some are, are limited to just the MBA program, but um, I know we do have sponsors that help us out, like, getting in the, in the preparation and, and providing, like, you know, our T-shirts for the week, and then our we have, like, a, a volunteer lunch, so a thank-you lunch by Spartan Signature Consulting. So that's all things that are done in preparation for that. Um, I know Great Gazebo is helping us with, you know, a gazebo so we can actually sell when we're vending um, for sodas, pops, and, and different food items. Okay. So what are some things that you guys are, are prepping for? Because it is coming up next week. So any, like, last-minute plans, anxieties? I'm a nail biter, so I'm just wondering about you guys. <laughs> no, right now we uh, we passed around our uh, our sign up sheets for the MBA students today, and we got a pretty high participation level. So all of the events that we need covered with actual um, workers, we're we're pretty well covered right now. So it's just filling in a couple of small gaps, and we should be good to go. We have all our events planned out. Um, we'll be putting out a calendar for everyone to so they know what where everything's at, and hopefully everyone will be able to uh, get online and help us out and. Uh, make their donations as well and i think we really have to thank the all of our committee members that has they've worked for the past at least six weeks on prepping for this and really i mean giving it 100 percent. so you know jj and i don't have to sit there and, and seriously bite our nails <laughs> to get everything done okay so um i guess like where's the the calendar going to be posted can we put it on the website of course we'll okay. put it on the website all right, and want to run that website name by us one more time? www.msufoodfight.com. Excellent, excellent. Um, so I guess, like, when are you guys going to know um, how many pounds of food you collected? We'll know a rough estimate right, you know, on the 12th when we delivered to the Red Cross. But results, I have no idea. I would assume within the month that we would get an official result. Um, we're able to collect checks that are dated for that week, um, for the past, for the coming up weeks, especially for corporate donations where they can't process the check through for, you know, a couple weeks just because of their procedures. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's the reason why there's a little bit of a delay in, in finding out the results. So, um, how do you guys factor in, well, cause you, it seems like the, it's per pound. How do you guys factor in money? Like, um, like the buying power of money, Mm -hmm. like a dollar equals like how many pounds? Seven pounds of food. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. A dollar? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. awesome. So, what yeah. the Red Cross can do with money, and, and they can pinpoint their specific need, and so it's a, it's a good value to them to have, and, and that's why they, they value that higher. Okay, that's cool. So um, are you guys going to have posted the, or where is it going to be posted, like the winners for this event? Like- we will post that. Um, the MBA has a website in conjunction with the MSU overall, msu.edu. So you'd be able to search. Um, we'll have a press release that will go out with the results and search on the msu.edu count, or, um, website. I think more specifically, it's what, bus.msu.edu? I think that's where, I think that's where you can go. bus.msu.edu. I'm going to believe him. It's an educated Yeah, the other thing on on our website, we'll have a link as well for, uh, you can make donations online if you'd like to, Um, and there'll be a link on Mm -hmm. that website as well, so Mm -hmm. you can go on there, make your donation, you don't even have to get off your couch if you don't want to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, there are some of us who are lazy. No, I'm just joking. Um, All right, well, I want to thank you all so much for coming on. Um, We do appreciate it. I wish you the best of luck. Beat U of M. That's all I gotta say. Great. Thank you. No Absolutely, yes. Thank you so much for doing this. <laughs> all right. Um, and once again, the website for the the food fight um, for the MBA program is msufoodfight.com. So if people are interested in checking out like the events that are going to be posted, um, including like the Panera sponsored event on November sixth at Panera. Um, sorry, just like <laughs> kind of redundant. Anyways, <laughs> um, but uh, people can check that out as well. So I want to thank you guys once again for coming on. We do appreciate it. So coming up next on The Exposure, we've got Katie here to talk about Alpha Phi Omega and related events here on your Impact 88.9 FM. Food fire!
The MBA Food Fight is a national charity competition among the top 25 business schools in the nation. November 6th to November 12th, it is designed to collect food and money donations for food banks across the country. For the Michigan State community, it is also a mark of pride as our business school has collected the most donations for the past five years. Last year, MSU raised over 268,000 pounds of food, but none of this can happen without your donations. Please make donations at msufoodfight.com all this week from November 6th to November 12th. Remember, your food and money donations are what make this drive a success. So please come to one of our donation events or donate online at msufoodfight.com. Sponsored by Campbell's and Heights. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. A lot of gamers look at you as a game member, too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing. But despite all the obstacles, inside every high school student is a graduate. People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't. Go to BoostUp.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. BoostUp.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's progressive torch and twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. And we're back here with Exposure. I'm Melissa. Right now we've got in the studio Katie and Chrissy from Alpha Phi Omega to talk about upcoming events for their organization. Um, so if you have any questions for Katie and Chrissy, feel free to give us a f- call at 432-3893. And also just a quick reminder for um, organizations out there or groups, if you're looking to play a little bit of, uh, of football this weekend and you want to do it for a uh, a community service organization or um, for a nonprofit, uh, Senior Class Council is sponsoring um, a football uh, tournament this weekend. Um, you can check out uh, Student Services um, Room 101 for applications, which will have more information. So if you and your friends have an organization that you'd like to donate to, um, that's a good way to, well, get rough and dirty and whatnot, and also do uh, something good for a nonprofit. Um, but we do have Katie and Chrissy in the studio right now, so um, you guys want to just uh, maybe tell us a little bit more about Alpha Phi Omega? Sure. Sure. Well, um, Alpha Phi Omega is a national service fraternity. We are co-ed. We've been here at Michigan State University since about 1937, and our biggest goal is to help out not only the campus and the community, but the nation as well, and whatever way we can, we are community service, so we have have projects, have done projects for pretty much everybody, and we'd love to help out anybody else that would ever need us to. Uh, that's kind of why we're here today, is just to put our name out there for people if they ever were to need some help in an event that they have coming up, just like the food fight. We talked to them before we came on the radio <laughs> for um, them to give us a call or to give us an email, and uh, we'd be help- happy to help them out. So how did you guys get involved with um, Alpha Phi Omega? Well, it's, I mean, it's kind of run as with Greek life. We're not affiliated with Greek life, but we do have Rush and things of that sort. So that's how I found out about it from flying in the dorms and stuff and through friends. And there's about 60 or so of us. There are about 60-something active members. We have like 80-something with all the pledges that we have right now. So we get a big group of pledges every semester, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, we have a really great time. I mean, we don't just do community service. We do have, you know, fellowship, and we have leadership training as well. What attracted you guys to Alpha Phi Omega? Um, I've always been involved with community service ever since I was a little kid, and when I heard about the fact that I could go into, you know, a fellowship organization where I could have a lot of really great friends that would have the same sort of ideals as me, that's why I joined up. Awesome. So what are some of like the more common community service organizations that you, you, or community organizations that you help out with? Well, we have the organization of our own, which is State Walk. Um, it's a rape prevention walk that we have at the library near the 
north entrance, kind of by the printers. Um, it's a rape prevention walk. It's available Monday through Thursdays from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. We'll walk anyone anywhere on campus so that, you know, they feel a little bit safer, and we walk in numbers, so it's pretty great. Um, we have um, rules, I guess you'd call it. There's always a female with... We have two people walk a person home, and there's always a female, so... Yeah, people mm -hmm. feel a little bit more comfortable, you know, and we're very open, but um, other events that we do, we have a Chase for Charity in the spring every every spring. It's <laughs> obviously. a 5K. It's a 5K run walk. Um, we raise money for different organizations. We always help out with um, with different, you know, American Cancer Society events, obviously, their 24-hour walk. Um, we have uh, Fall Ball, which is actually coming up at the end of November. People can um, email, email us to purchase tickets. Uh, it's $35, and it's a great uh, charity ball for the Lansing Area AIDS Network. We do every year. Um, other organizations that we work with a lot, we work a lot for Eve's House, which is a domestically abused uh, women and children's shelter. Mm -hmm. Haven House, which is actually right here in East Lansing um, by the post office which does a lot of great stuff for a lot of different types of people. Um, we work with Ronald McDonald House every month. We um, create, it's like a, it's a house right by the hospital. If people are in the hospital for surgeries or, you know, things like that, their family can stay there. It's, it's, it's very, it's a beautiful house, and we go and make them dinner once a month. So they have a hot meal to come home to <laughs> after sitting in the hospital with their gross cafeteria food. We do a lot with Habitat for Humanity. Once a week, once a week we do Habitat for Humanity. We do um, lots of love soon. Mm -hmm. We do um, Beekman Scouts. I don't know if you are mentally handicapped, like uh, adult scouts. We go and do arts and crafts with them once a week. Um, we should tell them about Annie's. Oh, okay. yes. Um, right now we're doing stuff with the Lansing City Rescue Mission, which is a new place in Lansing. We're doing a coat drive for them, a coat and warm, warm clothing. clothing. So if anybody out there has, you know, an old coat that they don't really like anymore or I guess they're, clothes what that they they've grown out of. They're giving stuff away on November 4th, so... People that need, you know, a coat that they can't, you know, afford to purchase a new one. Gladly pick up stuff before maybe the 2nd of November. Yeah, the 2nd or 3rd, and we'll take it to them. We need a little time to go through to make sure that we're not, you know, getting anything. <laughs> it's going to fall apart. But um, new and used, you know, old coats and clothing. Now, you guys mentioned Locks of Love. How are you guys helping out with uh, Locks of Love? We actually have one of our members who is um, going, he's going to have a makeover. He has really long hair and <laughs> a beard and all this sort of stuff, and he's going to have a makeover. He's chopping all of his hair off. So um, we are setting up to do a Locks of Love with this um, salon in Grand River. We haven't solidified it yet, so can't really say mm -hmm. for certain which one we're going with. But um, we actually will be in the state news, hopefully, for that, um, advertising it. So people that want to go out and chop off all their hair and, you know, give some, you know, beautiful head of hair to somebody who doesn't have it right now. It would be really great. All right. So um, how is he feeling about chopping <laughs> off his hair? <laughs> he used to have really short hair, and then he just got too lazy to Ever cut since it. since I've known him, it's been He's long. long so. <laughs> when I got to know him, his hair was just past his, just to, like, his shoulder. He used to have, he always had it in a ponytail. Now it's way longer than mine. It's crazy. It's crazy. So he's excited. He's really excited. He's going to get some new clothes and stuff like that. All right. Now, the events that you have coming up, like um, more, well, up and coming, uh, right. pressing, uh, such as like the fall ball, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, it's, I believe, our third annual, fourth annual. Not certain, but. We've had it for a long time. As of recent, I think this is the third year we're going to be doing it for the Lansing Area AIDS Network. Um, it is going to be held on Friday, November the 17th. Correct. And it is going to be at... We recently changed the venue. On yeah. The I think we're holding it at a golf club close by. Yeah. But people can email us at um, apo at msu.edu for more information or information about any of the other events or if they want us to help, you know, by picking up some... Some coats or clothing, things like that. It's a lot of fun. Stuff. We just dance. We have a raffle. We have a cool auction. We off, auction off dates with our president and with our, our VP of fellowship. I'm not getting auctioned off. Because <laughs> they actually DJs for us. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to be doing this year. I haven't talked to him. But I have in the past. 
But, it's a lot um, of fun. It's a, t- it's a huge fun. We've got a great dance, and the dinner is normally really actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. And they have vegetarian, vegan options. We are always very sensitive to people's dietary needs. So it's a great it's a great time. We always have the best time, and it's, mm-hmm. it's a great theme this year. We're doing 1920s, so I already got my dress. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how many people came out last year for the fall ball? Oh, we had, with everybody's dates and everything like that, I think we had, a, we had close to 150. So pretty sizable. Yeah. yeah, tickets are about $35, and we try to keep everything pretty cheap, I know. Um, and it is a cash bar. <laughs> so um, we were able to make a sizable money with our auction and everything like that. So Excellent. Um, now, you also mentioned the, well, the state walk. How many people, on average, do you guys walk um, around campus uh, during de- the week? It depends on the night. Um, near midterms, it's a lot more, obviously. So many more people are at the library. But um, we can get three to four walks a night, but we'd love to increase that. We just restarted the organization about a year ago. So we're trying to revamp it and get yeah. it going again. We're, re- we're pushing it a lot more. We just changed our hours to go a little bit later. We think that 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 way we'll also get more walks. More students will utilize it. Mm-hmm. Well, and also um, with uh, daylight savings time, it's darker right. a lot earlier. Right, exactly. So, so that can affect yeah. what you guys are doing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Um, so, like, have you guys ever participated in the state walk? Yep. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We. I absolutely love doing it. It's a great thing to do. Um, you know, you just have to hang out, and so you get to hang out with all your friends and just... And then people are like, hey, can you give me a walk home? And then you just go and walk home, and it's always the nicest people. And they always just chat it up, get to know somebody new, drop them off at their dorm, and then walk back. And It's kind of nice. I mean, you're there. I mean, you get to do your homework in downtime, and then when someone comes along, it's fun walking them home. Yeah. It's never too long of a walk because, you know, the library is pretty centrally located, and we just walk anywhere on campus. So. All right. So um, how many sets of volunteers do you guys usually have during the week? We have two shifts a night. Um, we go from our shifts are from nine to eleven p.m. and eleven p.m. to one a.m. Right. And we at least have um, three people there at a time, so that if two people are walking someone, the moment that they get back, you know, there's the table's never left alone. But we normally have well, a ton of people at the table right. just because everybody from MPO likes to hang out and walk people home. It's but we ma- we mandate that we have to have that many people there. Excellent. Um, so now another event that you mentioned was the Chicks for Charity. Chase for Charity. charity. Oh, okay. I, was okay. I was trying to figure out why it was called Chicks for Charity. No. I was just like, what? <laughs> okay, but yeah, I was like, okay, yeah. okay. Um, so I guess uh, tell us a little bit more about um, that particular event. Sure. That event is pretty great because almost all the money, there's no real costs to it. It's an on-campus walk. Um, you can go to our, our website to always check out, you know, when the registration's open. It's in the springtime. Um, it's a 5K run walk that goes by the river. And it's Grand a really river. fun run. I've participated in it and actually run, and it's really fun. I'm always the one on the bikes um, making sure that the stragglers <laughs> don't get lost. Yep. We have people at every corner and tons of signs, and we chalk everything so everybody knows where to go. And we do it for a different charity every year. Mm-hmm. Um, last year we had so many people come out. It was really yeah, great. Yeah, I mean, it's nice. We have our parents there running. And, and I was walking, but... <laughs> um, last year I think we had um, definitely over 100 runners. Yeah. We, I know we I don't raised, have an exact number. Yeah, we, we also had some sponsors. You can get, we, you know, got people to donate, you know, prizes and, and just donate money. And I know we raised, you know thousands and thousands of dollars for for the organization we right. raised it last year for beekman scouts which is you know an organization that we we work with on the side as well regularly so um what's the charity uh charity that's going to be benefiting this year from the 5k this year the they haven't decided yeah we haven't mm-hmm. started planning it yet for this year we have a committee that does it so yeah. anyone with any suggestions as to somebody who may have lost their funding or anything yeah. like that could contact us as well at the same website Okay, excellent. Um, and email. what's the uh, the website again? The website is APO Beta Beta, so B E T A B E T A dot org. So what's the the Beta Beta for? Um, APO <laughs> is our, our our letters, and then every chapter of Alpha Phi Omega at every single different um, college has yeah. different a different chapter letter. So we just have the cool Beta Beta. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. All right, um, and now you mentioned the coat and warm clothing drive that's mm-hmm. going to be happening. Um, where are the drops going to be and when? Well, we're doing more pickups to make it more convenient for people. Right. Um, they could either email us at apo at msu.edu and just say, hey, 
I've got some stuff for you. If you could just stop by, here's my phone number, or here's my email address. We could coordinate with them to pick theirs up. We've done a huge um, flyering and pickup yeah. in the Okemos area. Um, so it has more contact information on it as well. But they could even just um, just email us and we will pick it up whenever it's, it's feasible for them. We've got no problem going over to the dorms or into anywhere in the Lansing area. So it sounds like you guys have pretty much like a ton of stuff that you're working yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, we are a big chapter. I mean, we've got 100-plus members. Um, as a VP of service, I try to make sure that there are things that every single ma- a member would be passionate about right. doing. Um, right now, there are people trick-or-treating for the Humane Society, um, collecting money for them. They're going around different Lansing um, neighborhoods. So it's just I want to work with every organization that I think our members would like, and that's why we're here is to try to get more organizations, you know, that might need us to help out to give us an email or, or give me a phone call, hey, I don't, you know, I don't care, um, to help out as much as we can because next semester is pretty free right now, so we could definitely help out more. Right. All right. So, um... Another question, because you mentioned that you make sure that everybody kind of has something that they really care mm-hmm, about. Mm-hmm. Um, what is a particular, like, cause or mission that you two personally um, feel strongly about? I've always felt really strongly about Eve's House. Um, it's the domestically abused women's shelter. We go there twice a month on Tuesdays. We also try to do big projects with them. We've made teddy bears for them. We've helped them clean. Um, we're thinking of trying to start up a drive for them for things that they need. They always need things like diapers and stuff like that. Um, I love working with them. I know how hard it can be, and you know, dealing with people that you know I I couldn't fathom going through that. So I care a lot about state or state walk. Excuse <laughs> me. Um, you know, I'm in the library all the time. I work there and. Um, as a female, it's, I mean, it's scary to walk home at night, and like you said, now that it's darker earlier, and, I mean, it's not something that people know so much about. It's more of something that we do at State, and I just think it's a great service for the students here. Yeah, no, I agree, because, like, uh, you know, I've already fallen asleep, like, four times at right. the library this nice. semester. <laughs> yeah, one of those. Like, I have yeah. my couch already claimed for me. Like, <laughs> that's my that's bad area. Yeah. <laughs> that's, so, yeah, no, it is It is scary because, like, I, um, this semester, I was um, followed to the library by somebody. And yeah. It was just terrifying, so. I mean, it happens, and, you know, if we don't want people to be like, you know, I'm not going to go and study now because I'm going to have to walk home by myself later. And not everyone has people that can come and pick them up. And mm-hmm. Especially, so. if, you know, if you're living in the dorms, if you're a freshman, your friends don't have cars yet, you know, that right, they can exactly. have on campus. It's especially great for those students. We really do love it. So where is the State Walk located in the library? Well, currently <laughs> we are just at a table since they are revamping the whole library. We used to have an office by the The south south entrance, entrance, but now the table is more by, what would you call it? The north entrance. If you go in the north entrance and you turn right, there are the printers right there with the table next to that. It's right next to the north entrance. Right by the payphones and the Mm -hmm. ATM. Mm -hmm. We've got um, little little signs reserving the table, and we've got a sign that we put up there. So we're trying to get a huge poster, but... Doesn't have the organization doesn't have. Yeah. We're working on it, <laughs> <laughs> but you guys are easy to spot. At least. Oh, definitely. Um, we're the loud, rambunctious. We're the people not <laughs> studying. <laughs> so you know, in your downtime, you try to study your right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't always happen. <laughs> so, um, are you guys going to be having rush next spring? Yes, yeah. we have rush every spring. It's re- really great. You can email same address um, if you are interested in joining the organization. Obviously, we are. Such an open group. Everybody is so friendly to everyone. Um, We're co-ed, co-ed, by the way. We are co-ed. Um, and it's easy to become involved. It seems, you know, with all these projects that we do that you have to do a lot of stuff, but our requirements are very lax. I mean, it's like a minimum of 12 hours of community service a semester. It's, right, and I mean... I can do that in a week. <laughs> whoever's in charge of service, Chrissy, this year, you know, they do a good job of making sure there's tons of events. So there's <laughs> there's something for everyone, and no matter what your schedule is, like, there's always something in your free time you can mm-hmm. do. Yeah, if, it, if you have a really, really hard schedule and you only have time, you know, really late at night, I provide passive service. We... We crochet for a different, you know, we make blankets and right. things like that. Things you can do on your own at home, you know. Cool. So. All right, and once again, like the website for people who are interested, that's APO Beta Beta 
dot uh, org. Yes. yes. And you guys have an MSU web, or MSU email, email address. Email, which yeah. is just APO at MSU.edu. All right. So people who are interested can either go to the website or email you guys exactly. for more information. And please feel free to only love to hear from you. Yes. Right. Well, we loved having you guys on the, Thank the you show tonight. So I really appreciate it. Um, and I wish you guys luck because it sounds like you guys have a pretty chaotic schedule. <laughs> oh, no. It's very organized. <laughs> but I sympathize. I'm a workaholic. Yeah. So keep up the good work. <laughs> Thank so. you so much. All right. And that's all that we have for exposure. Um, I'm going to pass over the torch. Once again, making that cheesy joke over to Progressive Torch and Twang. But I'm... Um, <laughs> so I hope everybody has a very happy Halloween. Um, and that's all we got here uh, for your exposure on Impact 88.9 FM. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.